Thank you so much <laughs> for tuning in and, and joining us today. Not at all. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Before we get started with the interview tonight, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners about yourself? Um, let's see. Um, you know, just I'm, I'm a reporter. This mm-hmm. is my third book. I focus on gender, poverty, crime, uh, criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Um, live in London. Oh, I have um, a mentorship program mm-hmm. for um, people who live in South Asia, if that's of any interest. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I no, think that's it. No, that's really nice. But, <laughs> um, so starting with The Good Girls, what was the inspiration behind this book? And what made you choose to write on such a subject area, which is really difficult for many people? I was in London when I saw a picture of the children. Mm-hmm. Um, the picture was circulating on Twitter and it showed the girls who I call Padma and Lali because I can't legally name them mm-hmm. under Indian law. They were 16 and 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were hanging in the street, you know, in, in the village where they were born, where yeah. they had lived all their lives. And mm-hmm. it just was so hard to wrap my head around this mm-hmm. right I mean under any circumstances uh, a death of a child is something that is is just shocking for an entire community mm-hmm. but these particular circumstances and coming not two years after the the Delhi bus rape in yeah. 2012 uh, which your listeners may uh, recall mm-hmm. uh, a young physiotherapy student uh, got on a bus thinking it was a you know a public bus mm-hmm. but instead uh, six men set upon her, raped her, tortured her, and then threw her out. And mm-hmm. she died a few days later. And the protests that followed that rape led to significant changes in uh, the law, in, um, in, in, you know, just the fact mm-hmm. that we were having conversations about women that we hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. And yet this happened. Yeah. And um, I guess I, I just needed to know what was happening mm-hmm. in India and who these people were committing all these crimes mm-hmm. and why we hadn't found a way to stop them. Yeah, I know this book was just recently released. So what was kind of the initial reaction of the public to this book? So I expected people in the US and uh, in the UK where the book was uh, released mm-hmm. last month to to be shocked mm-hmm. because this is not a, a story about two children yeah. uh, and it is a story about how we treat um, women in mm-hmm. in India mm-hmm. but I think it, but it's so much more than that right because it talks about the criminal justice system it talks about how um, the police how mm-hmm. we conduct investigations the role of politicians and uh, it goes really deep into who we are as a people mm-hmm. and um the, the, the things that we consider important and surprisingly well surprisingly for me I suppose a lot of readers in India mm-hmm. were were shocked at the extent uh, to which you know it, 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 it has become difficult to mm-hmm. uh, to achieve justice and this is not a story that is restricted to rural India or mm-hmm. to impoverished people anywhere where you are in India today it is really a, an, an uphill struggle to get justice yeah no definitely and it's so important to talk about such a heavy subject and address everything that comes with it because so many times it just gets lost and you did a really good job with addressing everything that happened with this particular event 
But was there any sort of particular goal which you wished to achieve by writing this book and sharing the story? Yeah, I think I, I, I wanted people to understand how difficult we make, make it for young women mm-hmm. to get ahead. You yeah. know, I mean, it, at, at every level, from the time that they are born, I mean, let's be honest, even before that, when they're in the womb, mm-hmm. we create an, an unfriendly, even a hostile environment for them. Mm-hmm. And Padma and Lali were teenagers, like teenagers anywhere else in the world, right? Mm-hmm. They like to spend time with each other. They liked music. They liked gossip. They liked looking at their mobile phones. Mm-hmm. And yet they carry this burden that kids in a lot of in a lot of other countries don't carry which is the knowledge that it didn't matter what they wanted from life mm-hmm. all that matters mattered was what their parents told them uh, uh, they would have to do and so really heavy burden for a child and uh, i think it can have devastating consequences as we as as we've seen yeah, absolutely. So the title, The Good Girls, is very alluding. What made you choose this as the title of the book? Well, the reason I chose it was because, you know, there is a huge um, a huge value placed in India mm-hmm. over the virtue of girls and women. Yeah. We are very obsessed with this idea of honor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, honor is, is, is well and good if it's something that you strive for in your life. But in India, the repository of an individual's honor, uh, especially if that individual happens to be the the male head of a family, mm-hmm. is 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 the the the, the woman mm-hmm. of the family. You know, the wife or the the, the girls, and uh, that means that uh, the 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 men in the family seek to control women, seek to tell them how to live their lives, and and seek to impress upon them the need to be good. Yeah. And uh, that's really not their prerogative. That's that's not their business. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond a point, parents certainly uh, must have an input in the life of their children. But beyond a point, you have to let your child live to, to be their own person. And that often doesn't happen in India. And it certainly doesn't happen uh, with regards to uh, to girls. So the goodness, the virtue of mm-hmm. a girl becomes the most important thing about her mm-hmm. it becomes the thing by which uh, not just the girl is judged but her family uh, the community and the clan as a whole mm-hmm. and this obsession with goodness mm-hmm. uh, influenced the lives of the girls to such an extent that yeah. you know they, they couldn't be themselves and and you know they were wonderful kids mm-hmm. they were they were smart and they were incredibly hardworking, and uh, you know but they, they they had to be something more. Always mm-hmm. there was there was this compulsion to be more to please everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sonia, as you've mentioned before, honor and reputation of the family has the utmost importance, particularly in the South Asian community. And the maintenance of this reputation has led to such dire consequences. Particularly in this case, we've lost two lives. Why do you think there is such an obsession with the goodness and the purity which is typically associated with girls? Because I feel like a lot of times when this whole sense of purity and goodness is ruined, quote unquote, then families feel as if their honor has been ruined or their reputation has been ruined. And I feel like a lot of times 
this has led to many unfortunate stories where girls have suffered due to that. But I wanted to ask, why is this so? Why is there such a fixation on this innocence and purity and the goodness which is instilled upon girls? Well, I think, uh, you know, in places like India where mm-hmm. it is survival itself is a struggle, uh, I think that you tend to place a lot of value on the little that you have. Mm-hmm. And no matter how little you may have, uh, you, you have a family. And so that family becomes the uh, focal point of your obsession, the repository of your honor, of your dignity, of your mm-hmm. status in society. And, uh, and I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, mm-hmm. and then also this idea that continues to get perpetrated generation after generation that girls and women are dependents, they cannot be independent, mm-hmm. uh, and because they cannot be independent, they are a burden. They are a burden that needs to be offloaded immediately from father to to to, to son-in-law. Mm-hmm. So these are incredibly uh, corrosive ideas that can be changed if. You know, the Indian government continues uh, and indeed increases uh, its investment in in education, in support services and in, you know, challenging people's mindset. Mm -hmm. But because we're not seeing enough of that being done, we're also not seeing enough change uh, uh, taking place. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I think that this whole perception of purity and innocence and this honor that girls have to hold up to and live up to is just so deeply embedded in history and in our culture not just focusing in the Indian community but I think in the whole world itself I feel like that kind of follows through do you believe that moving forward we will be able to take that burden of this honor and reputation that the girls have to maintain do you think that we'll be able to take it off of them i think if we work towards a more equal society which Mm -hmm. starts with providing more equal opportunities uh, then we are going to go a long way towards that goal Mm -hmm. but we are still at the point where you know we are feeding girls less than we feed boys. We are less likely to vaccinate girls. We are less likely to send girls to school. And in our hearts, we are less likely to believe that girls are worth the investment. So that change is not going to happen unless we work on a variety of levels simultaneously. Number one, provide people with the resources. Mm -hmm. Number two, incentivize uh, them, uh, you know, incentivize behavior so that they have a reason to change how they act. Mm-hmm. And number three, you know, enforce certain behaviors. Uh, and, and, and if that means that, you know, we need to strengthen our laws, then, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've actually visited the village and interviewed the villagers on the event that happened. And I wanted to ask, what was that experience like? It was very moving mm-hmm. um, going to Katra Savatganj, the village where the children um, had lived and, and ultimately died. Uh, I live in London and, you know, it's uh, it's it's about an eight hour flight to Delhi. Mm-hmm. And from Delhi, I would take a car and, and drive another six hours to the village. And I think the villagers appreciated my effort and mm-hmm. uh, they were they were very generous with their time. But this was in, an incredibly complicated case. And yeah. so, you know, it, it wasn't. 
a, my investigation into it didn't get completed in one year or mm -hmm. two or three, uh, I ultimately learned uh, what I did uh, in about four years. Okay. And uh, that meant an incredible amount of traveling, interviewing more than 100 people, sifting mm -hmm. through more than 3,000 documents. But I think that, um, you know, the, the result is, is a portrait of what it means to be a young woman in rural India today, uh, a portrait of rural life, but also a portrait of, of, of what it means to be a woman in a society that is becoming modern, that is changing very quickly, but perhaps not quickly enough to mm -hmm. save more lives. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. And from my understanding, this event, the the tragic event that kind of took place was triggered by the girls being in possession of a phone. And yes, how does this kind of play into like the misogynistic environment that they were in? Because just simply a possession of a phone caused like suspicion around the village. In Katra, like in many other villages uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in northern India, everybody has a phone yeah the difference is that while girls are allowed to use them they cannot own them mm -hmm. which is something that even very young boys are allowed to do mm -hmm. and there was a sense that you know that that while girls are being educated should be allowed to take calls and and to send messages to friends and family they cannot be trusted with a phone because a phone was you know it's a door to a world outside the village mm -hmm. and one of the things that that people in very conservative societies fear is is how new ideas may change uh sort of um entrenched habits mm -hmm. and the the older villagers believed that giving a, a young woman a phone may mean uh, that a young woman may may meet people of the opposite sex mm -hmm. and might elope and then that of course would bring scandal so that entrenched fear was a reason why girls couldn't use phones mm -hmm. but Padma and Lali did have access to several phones and their parents were liberal enough to use them but mm -hmm. unfortunately one day while they were using the phone a villager who didn't know them at all only recognized them as belonging to the village mm -hmm. saw them on the phone and to Cambridge and complained to a family member, believing that, you know, he was fulfilling his duty by informing the family member of, of what the girls were up to. Mm -hmm. And that triggered a series of events that ultimately culminated in their death. Mm -hmm. you no, know, you've touched base on this before on the criminal justice system, specifically in India and how it works and how sometimes it doesn't really follow through on taking action when such incidents occur. And I wanted to ask, what was the ruling of the police? So I don't want to go into the details mm -hmm. uh, because I think that's something that, uh, you know, Definitely. readers would yeah. Uh, yeah. probably want to find out for themselves. Mm -hmm. But uh, suffice to say, you know, there were three investigations. Uh, they were, some of them were, mm -hmm. were definitely, um, you know, uh, didn't exactly involve science mm -hmm. and uh and, and and the conclusions were extremely debatable yeah let's just put it that way okay okay if you had to sum up what the main message you would want to tell through this story what do you think it would be i think to pay more attention to the changes that are happening in india mm -hmm. particularly uh to communities that may not have access to the mainstream media Mm -hmm. And uh, to think about how we can promote the things that are really necessary mm 
that really do help a, a society develop and modernize. And those things are, you know, very simply education, clean water, sanitation, uh, and, 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 and skill development. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it comes down to making people independent mm -hmm. you know and, and if you're economically independent you can make certain decisions for yourself you may still not be entirely free uh but you can make certain decisions for yourself that are now completely uh they, they're, they're just a dream for most young women in india yeah and as an international community when we see such things happening and we know that we can play some sort of influential role what do you think that we can do together to help these women and help kind of break away from this culture that we've created of, of violence and sexual violence? I think, you know, just as I, as I said before, uh, encouraging the right kind of investment. Mm -hmm. So that would mean, you know, writing to people who are in the government or supporting nonprofits that invest in education, for example, for young women, uh, number one. Number two, continue to engage with what is happening in India and and, and support people who are you know, on, on the right side of, mm -hmm. of the issues. And India is going through a particularly tumultuous period right now. Yeah. Uh, democracy and secularism both are being uh, undermined. Mm -hmm. And when uh, when, you know, these sort of seismic shifts take place, I think it goes without saying that marginalized communities, underrepresented, uh, underrepresented groups are always the first to suffer. Mm -hmm. and, and there is no greater marginalized community in India than that of women and children. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And just for our listeners tuning in right now, if they're interested, where can they actually purchase this book? Well, uh, you know, uh, your independent bookstore, whichever mm -hmm. bookstore is closest to you and, and, and you want to uh, give them a little bit of help during the pandemic, that's always a good place. And um, failing that, there is always Amazon. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask, what's next for you? I know you recently released this book. Is there anything in the future? Can we expect any new publications from you in the future? Well, I am uh, continuing to work on my journalism and I hope to start a new book soon. Okay, well, I know you can't really feel much, but that's really exciting. And before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to address to the listeners that we haven't really covered in this interview? I think you've got everything. Thank you so much. Okay, great. No, thank you so much for taking your time. And there's the time difference as well, but really thank you for taking out the time. And thank you for writing this book because I feel like as an international community and the influence that you have, we need to continue talking about these things. And I think this book is one way that we can continue these discussions. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.